we had him. He he loved it. He shared his life. He told me he loved him. Right. That's sure. Great. Well, yeah. great. Not a lot of people can do that. Dave, just do me protect us. Watch over us and make us some fucking money. All right. <laughs> you know, it's funny we say about Dave Brown. I got a picture of the I got a picture of the four guys that that got in his face that night. <laughs> oh. Oh, preppy boys? Just <laughs> a uniform of you can't arrest me. My dad's a lawyer. That's what the guy said to Dave Brown when Dave Brown knocked him out. And oh. said, so anyways, get, get you know what, buddy? Let's get, go. Hey, you're great, but what are we, buddy? We're Fat Fish, and I'm Brad Grunny Grunberg, and that is Eric Fish Snyder. Welcome to episode number six. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? How was your weekend? Good weekend. You know, I uh, celebrated my mom's 82nd birthday and uh, it was wonderful. We, uh, we, you know, went out to my brothers and we had, you know, the bagel ox and cream cheese. We had uh, the whole spread. And, uh, you know, I, my mom got to visit with, her, she loves her grandsons and she got to sit with them and laugh with them and talk with them and all the dogs were there and everybody got along great. My dad was, I mean, he was cavelling because he was watching my mom having such a great day. And, and then, you know, when the happy birthday came, we asked mom what she, what she thought and, you know, what her thoughts are after she, uh, made, you know, you'd say a little prayer before you blow out the candles. And uh, she was just emotional saying, this is what I, exactly what I wanted. I'm with my beautiful grandkids. Um, I'm with my, uh, my, my, uh, you know, my beautiful daughter, she's my best friend, my number one son, which is Greg, the greatest actor we know. And then, oh, what, mom, what about me? Oh, oh yeah, I forgot about you. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But she, uh, no, she loves all her kids. And I just want to say shout out to my brother and his beautiful wife, Elizabeth, who put on a great birthday party for my mom. How about you? Same thing. My, my wife's 60th birthday party. So, we all got together and we, we, we played cards. We brought pizza in from this great Italian restaurant, you know, and my son is um, fiance and my, and my granddaughter's there. And it's reminiscing about the, the past. And, and I can't believe that I'm with this woman for 34 years. And, and it's probably got to be the best three months of her life. I don't know. What <laughs> or 30 seconds. Anyway, <laughs> that's, that's what it's like now. <laughs> Hurry up. The draft's on. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Oh my God. That's great. You got a beautiful granddaughter. That's, that's fantastic. And, uh, oh, that's great. You know, it's family is everything. You know, if you're, if we're lucky, well, we're lucky to have a great families, you know, you know, tell your family, you love them, tell the people in your life, you love them every day, not just on special occasions, but, uh, by the way, uh, fish again, what happened to our guest? Can't you book a guest? Where is Frankie? What what happened, man? Unfortunately, the last guest that I booked passed away a week later. So I don't know if this is an omen or not. Oh, this is not good. No, no. We, <laughs> Dave Brown is watching over us. Sure and, is. Uh, he, he can't believe you can't you can't book anybody. You book him, he's dead. Now we got uh, Frankie. What happened with Frankie? I'll tell you. Think of the TV show Entourage. Think of Vinny Chase. This guy is Frankie Oli. They, they, they're looking at him to tossing that bottle. That's a club in Chicago. This kid works Chicago, New York, L.A., I met him here in Las Vegas. He makes these drinks. Look at that. I don't wow. know what that is. Wait a minute. This guy is like a mixologist, right? He's, he yeah, he does his own stuff. This is this is these are the drinks that this kid has made. Look, I mean, look at that. He just he, wow. he's a genius. He I'm a gaming bartender and I dig it. I love it. 
This guy came to Vegas, got into gaming, and wanted to go back to the nightclubs and work the trade. So I get a call about an hour before the show, and I know what was on. He goes, Fish, I'm so fucking sorry, dude. But right now, and it's going in and out. He goes, I'm on a yacht to the Bahamas. I'm doing a private party. Uh, I go, do it from the yacht. Exactly. Like, go oh, in and out. It's going to be yeah. bad. So can we reschedule? And I said, Brad would rather watch. We'd rather have you on the yacht with all the girls around, like Vinny Chase did in Entourage. That's and, so we'll, we'll, we'll get him back on, but okay. you know, look, the show must go on, so you're stuck with me. That's right. Wow, that's a great Hawaiian shirt. I like that. Is that uh, how many are in the rotation there? That's a good one, man. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> my I used to have a lot of shirts like this, then my dad got a job. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I see. The thrift yeah. shop? Um, <laughs> I, this is cool. This is, this is really, you know, look, it's getting I hot. Love it. Oh, I'm you know, a Hawaiian what? shirt. I'm a Tom, Tommy Bahama man. Tama Bahama. That's what this Aoyama, is. That's my shirt. That's my collection. You know, just like Sandler, you know, T-shirts, sweats, shorts, you know. You don't want to see my legs, but, you know, sweatpants. But, uh, no, I love it. What's, I, what's yeah. this beanie you got on? What is that? What is that called? Um, oh, this? Oh, this is the Deuce's, uh, Deuce's uh, Barbershop. Get a nice, fresh cut. When you come into town, man, talk to Pedro. He'll take care of you. But I'll go with you, man. I mean, they do it all. Haircuts, the fade. They do uh, clean, close shaves. Oh, the best. They, if you have a goatee, they'll, they'll fix that up. They'll make that look, uh, look good, you know. And as I look good, yeah, I need one. I'm going to – I think I'm going to go to this week because uh, I, need a, I need a Deuces cut. But, uh, you know, Deuces is the greatest place. It really is. It's like, you know, you know, when the boys, you know, you know the barbershop, you know, you just sit around and you talk. You goof on each other. You watch sports, that kind of thing. That's the kind of kind of place it is. And that's part of our past. I mean, we went to barber shops, and you know, the, the, it was just the six barbers there, and one guy's getting shaved, and the other guy's getting a haircut. One guy's getting his nails done. That's yeah. kind of lost art. Now it's all you know, beauty shops and what have you. And right. uh, that's great. They're just still one of the. You know, there's probably a couple here in Las Vegas, but I will definitely hit you up at Pedro's, and we'll get the. Did they do waxes also? Yeah. No, his name, the owner's name is Pedro, but it's called Deuces. It's okay. okay. That was on the sheet I sent you. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't read. <laughs> oh, by the way, Mr. Magoo, let me ask you a question. Is there <laughs> any way, can we bring, oh no, can, there you are. Can we bring, I mean, an ophthalmologist on or something? Can, is there, I'm allergic to LASIK. I'm allergic to this and that. But let me ask you, this is important. Could you find better glasses? I mean, those are like all the time like from a thrift shop. Look at, look at Mr. Magoo. All yeah. right. Listen, Mr. Deuces. Those are called Coke bottle glasses. All right. Right, right, right. Things that I have, three things. I'm skinnier. I have hair. And I'm not wearing Clark Kent Coke bottle glasses. These are regular glasses. You know, they're prescription. Um, I'm going to get some prescription sunglasses. That'd be really cool. Then I could look like uh King like of me. Look, like me, man. Let me show you something. This is this is Telly Savalas in Kojak. Ready? These are prescription. That is awesome. You don't no. mess with oh. this guy. Baby. Come on now. Look yeah. at me. Who's Swat. the man? Say Swat. it. Who's the man? You. You're the man. Actually, Thank we don't do that much, but keep that on there. Keep that on because you know what that is? Right. That is dope. Yeah, you you are dope. With the, you got the beanie on. You know yeah. what? Are you gonna break into a rap song anymore? I could, I could. You know, Chunky Love. I have a little. You know, I have an alias, Chunky Love. We'll get into that later. I have some, I have some stuff I got to show you one day. 
But, but uh, now this is a cool look, right? Do chicks dig this look? Chicks dig you. You're good. Uh, you talked you talk about that chubby.com where gay guys like you. A lot of women like you. They happen to be hookers. But you, guess what? Know, you pay for it one way or another. Let's just get it out of the way, right? I mean, yeah. I, do you have somebody for me? Oh, that's off the air, buddy. Yeah, that's, that's, it's, you know it's, some people that know some people. Chick magnet right here, buddy. Hey, back to Frankie. Um, no, let's go back. Wait, wait. Let's go back to the hookers. I'm kidding. Okay, whatever. Listen, set me up with a nice girl. I don't need a hooker. I just need somebody to love me for who I am. Well, everyone loves you know. I make fun of you, but everyone loves you for who you are. Oh, thanks. I, I'm you go to me. you go to McDonald's for yourself and spend two hundred bucks for the homeless. <laughs> but I get the points. I get all the points. <laughs> Everything under Southwest credit cards for points. Hey, Southwest <laughs> official sponsor of Southfish. Hopefully for that plug. Listen. Frank just went through something that's huge. They dumped two feet of rain in 12 hours in Fort Lauderdale. And he got stuck in his car and he couldn't get out. And he had to break the window and swim. And he had to walk water up to here. He's going to talk about this in three weeks if he comes on. Uh And I started thinking about near-death experiences. I don't want to get Debbie Downer here on our show. But I think everyone's had it. And I know you've had a couple for just, you know, for you being as jocular jocular as you are and happy. You've had some crap and shit happen in your life. You go first, because you told me a couple, uh, you know, in rehearsal, said, shit, talk about this on the show. First, what the fuck does jockler mean? Anyway. Uh, it means you're a little quick. I can't read, but I have verbiage. I'm like, you. you are, buddy, yeah, I wish I was sitting right next to you in college. You, I would have got through in three. Oh, oh my God. Um, okay, so I've had a couple. Uh, first, when I was 11 years old, I was at camp in the valley here on Shoop. And uh, me and my friend Danny Saba, what they did was they they brought us to a place for arts and crafts, and then they took us to the park for sports. So I don't know why, but they parked the the station wagon across the street, and we were all holding hands and with the counselor. And all of a sudden, um, he looks uh, he he looks left, and he goes, "All right, guys, you can go." And he never looked right. We wanted the front seat of the car. I don't know why. When you're 11, you want to sit in the front seat. And, and we were like arguing, I'm going to get the front seat. You're going to get the front seat. And we were just looking at our counselor. And he says, go. We tear off. A lady hits us at 60 miles an hour. Oh, shit. He, yep. Danny, by the grace of God, he flew 150 feet and landed, broke his leg and, and part of his kidney. I rolled. The fat kid rolled 150 feet. And I had, um, sure, go ahead. I had, um, yeah, no, I'll tell my story. I don't need you. I don't need you. I had cartilage in my legs and I had lots of, uh, you know, bumps and bruises, but I, we, we were alive. And, and recently, last year, we went back to the scene and uh, we just had lunch and celebrated that we didn't die, you know. And then the second one was, uh, that was at uh, the Sand and Sea Club in the Valley. No, in, in Santa Monica, excuse me, Sand and Sea Club near the beach. Uh, sure. I, I first stepped on a bee. And I never knew that I was walking with my my prom date, God bless her, rest her soul, uh, Marlene Gamer. And I stepped on a bee and, oh, my throat started to close. And it was, I mean, I thought, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I never, I didn't know I was allergic to bee, bee stings. And then Greg Lawrence, this amazing guy at the Sand and Sea Club, goes, here, take these. I go, but I, I can't breathe. He goes, just take these. It's Benadryl. It'll open your throat. I, I'm sitting there. I put it in, all of a sudden my throat opens. This guy saved my life. Yeah. The third one was at San and C2. Um, 
you know, the Jewish uh, beach club. Uh, we played paddle tennis there. It was an amazing place. Uh, it's now the, uh, the Ehrenberg beach, uh, beach, beach club. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you know, the, I think you know these places, you know, you're, you're from LA. Uh, Jonathan clubs down there, but they didn't like Jews there. So we kind of started our own one called Sand and Sea Club. It was so popular. It was great. So I'm, I'm in, the, in the ocean. My mom's watching me, you know, as a Jewish mother does. Don't go too far out. So I'm literally five feet out, five feet. And I get caught in a riptide. Oh, man, I, I couldn't believe it. And then I, I didn't know how to get out. I was I was panicking. And that's one thing my dad, you know, he's a lifeguard. He, he trained paratroopers. He goes, don't panic. Because when you panic, that's when you die. Sure. And I panic and I, it was like a washing machine. I couldn't get out five feet from the shore. And then I, I had my last breath and I just went down and I just pushed as hard as I could. And I got out. I got out. Just, oh, I look at my mom. She's gossiping with Sally Kirshner, her, her, her friend. Um, she's not watching me. So that was unbelievable. And then the, the granddaddy of them all was... Um, I was 22 years old and I was going out with my boy, James Commissar, Big Jimmy. And I went to uh, Bank of America in Beverly Hills. And, uh, you know, the ATM uh, at this at this uh, location was an open parking lot. It was nine o'clock on a Friday night. A lot of people around. And there's a guy in front of me. He leaves. And then um, I walk up. I get my 40 bucks. I'm just thinking, man, we're going to have a great time tonight. We're going to go to clubs and just meet girls. And as I turn around, this guy in a car and he couldn't get like right next to me because there was an overhang. So he was like five feet in his car. He points out one of those long barreled, you know, Western type of guns. And he goes, give me your, give me all your money. Now give it to me. And I'm shocked. I mean, you know, you're thinking about other things you're thinking about uh, having a good time. And then all of a sudden somebody pulls a gun on you. So uh, these people were walking in back of him and they got, they, I yelled, I jumped behind my mom's car because he got startled. He looked back and I yelled for help. Help, I'm being robbed. Help, please help me. Please help. They got in their car and left. And remember, people are all over the place, but they're not, their attention is not on the parking lot. So I ran. I ran down the parking lot and I'm going to hit an alley next to a school. It was a dead end. He chased me in his car. He cut me off. I backtracked. I slip on some grease, like the Three Stooges, like Curly, fall on my face as the gun goes off. He shot at me, but he missed. I got up. I ran down at Wilshire. I, I got, I, I, I hid. I came back 20 minutes later. I was yelling in, 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 the, um, in, in, the, in the bank. There was a lady cleaning. She didn't speak English. I didn't do very well in Spanish. I got a D from Mr. Gomez at the University, uh, University High School. And then I'm all alone and I, I look around the corner. I go back to the scene of the crime and I, in, my 40 is still on the ground. He took off. If I didn't slip, I, I, I well, the reason I, I lived was to do this great podcast. Thanks. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, yeah. What was your <laughs> you didn't slip. Wow. You got every, it. Every day is a gift fish. Uh, I'm telling you, buddy, you know, at any given moment, especially in LA, it's so dangerous now. You've got to be vigilant, and sure. uh, it's it was a scary one of the scariest things in my life. But I became very more spiritual after that because there's a reason. That's four times I could have died, but I'm still sitting and I'm still standing. So, you want to hear mine? No. Anyway, what's our next subject? I'm kidding. Of course, 
I, I, I have two. One, um, my wife and I go to meet her dad, uh, not meet her dad, her dad rented a place in Breckenridge, Colorado. So we fly into Denver, we go to Colorado, have a great time flying back from Colorado, from, from Denver to LAX, about an hour from, you know, from, from landing, I could see all the flight attendants scurrying and they have looks of just complete terror in their face. And the captain comes on and goes, uh, I don't need anyone to panic right now, but we're going to have to do an emergency landing. We can't get our wheels down, right? Vicky is three months pregnant with Max. Right? Oh, my God. And I'm seeing people crying. I'm seeing, I'm trying to hold my wife's hand and she's pretty good. You know, I'm more nervous than she is. But I knew by the look on the flight attendant's face that this was serious. And we had to get in that position where, um, you know, you, they're screaming brace. You have your head, you're holding your thing like that. And literally, um, you, you, many people on that plane defecated, you know, because that's what you do. And there's that, a lot of time. That's poo poo in the pants. That's poo poo in the pants, right? Um, and, and I might have been one of them. But we made it. We made it for one reason, so I could do this podcast with you. I kind of hope we crashed. Anyways, uh, my no, second one was I was in Nate Now's delicatessen in Beverly Hills, right? Now that's a very famous delicatessen. They have an intercom system in there, and all of a sudden the manager gets on there and he's got this like Yiddish voice and he goes, "I want to tell you something. The first guy to come up to the counter gets to have a complete buffet for free." And I get trampled by this guy named Brad Grumberg, you know. <laughs> and thank God someone knew CPR. This guy came over me, stepped on my back, my back. He hit my neck, you know. What? Yeah, oh. you know. And yeah. And the last thing I saw before I passed out, some some whole under hundred and six year old waitress with red hair and no teeth gave me CPR. Was was Brad was Brad Grumberg eating, <laughs> eating that bagel and locks? Probably the same place that he catered for his mom's birthday party. Well, Those of course, are, a free yeah. buffet. I mean, all skinny guys get out of the way, baby. Oh my God! No, it's if that's a joke, but it, it's it's a funny it's a funny bit. Um, you know, the one thing about what what, what near death experiences teach you, you, you got to get all the dreck out of your life. People that don't mean anything, people that bring you down. Positivity, live your life right, live your life good, live your best life. Whatever you are, get rid of the hate. And because, I mean, we're all in this together and, you know, near, I mean, people, I mean, in Ukraine now and all this stuff and people are dying right and left, these school shootings, I mean, kids going to school and all of a sudden somebody comes in and starts shooting things up. It's unbelievable. I mean, it, it just, I, I mean, I don't know where to start with that, but it's just so sad, you know, you know, everybody wants to own a gun. I mean, there are too many guns in this country. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's a there's probably got to be a balance there, but it's just uh, I've seen so much, and and really like the last ten years, I've seen just things just like just society kind of the pendulum kind of shifted, you know, and with the hate and, and I don't like this person and this religion and I you know I, I was bullied on the bullying and I, I I saw something on the news last night bullying I mean the person uh, you know oh. My friend, oh, my friend's daughter, this great guy, this wonderful guy, Andy, Andy Klein, great family, two kids, sweetest family. I mean, Jewish family. He uh, lives in Texas now. He, he lived, uh, you know, in L.A. His daughter committed suicide. 
beautiful Molly. I, I want to, I, I just, I, I'm just heartbroken because she broke up with her boyfriend and she was bullied at school. I mean, this is a beautiful woman who had a, an amazing life ahead of her. Gone. I mean, it's just terrible what's going on in this world. Shit, Vish, I'm telling you. And a lot of that has to do with social media. You know, when Steve Jobs developed the internet in 1986, he said, I just created one of the greatest things in the history of this planet for interaction. But I think I also created the biggest bastard. And, and what kids, the way kids treat each other, my wife's a school teacher, she'll tell you, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It really is. So we try on Fat Fish to make people laugh, but we have the same problems yeah. in, in our lives and our friends. And you said that's a horrible, horrible story. You know, I, I found out yesterday. Yeah, it's crazy. You make fun of somebody. You got to do it in good taste. You got to know the person. Yeah, you make, I mean, you got to you goof on yourself. You make fun of yourself. You set it up. Don Rickles always said, "Make fun of yourself first, then that opens you up to make fun of others." But in a light way, not go deep. And that's the thing. I, I, I know that about comedy. I've been doing it a long time, and I try to you know touch people's lives with my comedy. But I'll tell you something. All this stuff is just crazy. Yeah. You and don't. I don't, but that's okay. Uh, you no, are, yeah, you're a lot of no, people off with that shirt. But anyway. you're a good person. And, you, and, and you're not as funny as you think you are, but you're pretty good. So I got. <laughs> I want to take this a little bit lighter right now because that, you just you just broke my heart with that story. You got to live. You don't get over that. I just want to. I just want to say this, Molly. I, I you touched my life. I just want to may you rest in peace. I hope you're in a better place. But we miss you a lot, and God bless you. May Molly you be fine. Molly fine. He's making you laugh. I'm sorry. Say again. May she be in heaven right now with Dave Brown. Absolutely. Yes. And Don Rickles and my grandma and your grandma, they're all at the deli. Your, our grandmas are sending back our soup and Don Rickles because it's not hot enough. Yeah. They're sending, Dan, they're sending Don Rickles back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my hey, God. That'd be great. I got to ask you a question because I'm going to come clean here. Do you have any quirks do you want to share with America? Because I have a big one. Do you want to go first? No, you go first. You go first. I have tremendous OCD when it comes to locking doors. I got to, if I lock a door, I got to check it. I, I heard my wife on the phone with her sister and she goes, can you believe this idiot's checked the lock on the front door 30 times? And he's inside and I go back and forth. It's, it's insane. Oh. I've always had this kind of a, a obsession with locks, That's you know, not the locks that you eat, but the locks on the door. <laughs> not that locks. You don't put that on a bagel, uh, the lock on your door. For me, when I was a kid, and, you know, we talk the truth on this show. This is really embarrassing. I Two things I used to do, wash my hands all the time. I mean, I, like touch a doorknob, I got to go wash my hands. Wash my hands, wash my hands. Wa I keep, I mean, a hundred times a day I was washing my hands. And then the other thing is I would always ask my mom and dad to say, say, okay. It's okay. Is it okay? S say, okay, mom, mom, dad, is it okay? M dad, is it okay? Mom, is it okay? I said, it's okay. You, you know, you made a mistake. So, but is it okay? Say, okay, please say, okay. And my mom and dad bought me a bracelet, you know, and it said on the back, you know, in, in, in inscription, it said, say, okay. But I grew out of that. I grew out of there, there is help, you know, and I said, is it say, is it okay that I'm friends with fish and do uh, the, uh, fat fish podcast? They said, no, no, run the other way. Run. Yeah, I have one are, more quirk. Yeah. One more quirk that yeah. I do. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, I was just saying we grow out of that, hopefully, with help. I mean, right? I mean, you can't grow out of it? 
I don't, I, I don't know. I, yes, I've gotten better. There's there's help. Why don't help. you get an armed guard? Just, you know what I do? I take a picture of the lock being locked with my phone so I can look at it and say, the time was 11.42 at night, and I look at it. I know that the last time I touched that lock. When I watch football, okay, I rock back and forth, you know, like like I'm some kind of guy in a mental institution. And I notice we had 30 people over for Thanksgiving were watching the, the Lions game, and, and it was close, and I, I get nervous watching it, so I start rocking, you know. And then I hear people laughing because they don't realize it. So my wife will go, Oh, that's Eric. That's that's what he does. He rocks when he watches when he watches. Football. Is that a rock or a Dobbin? Are you Dobbin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get a wheelie wall in front of the TV set. <laughs> yeah, put a talus on and a yamaka. It'll be great. Oh, that's, your, that's your gig. Oh, oh my god. god, that's oh wow. Hey, I got to show you these pictures. I got you. You're in the entertainment industry and very successful, family successful. So I'm going to show you three memes, and I'm going to add. First of all, I'm going to comment in the first one. And then I want your comment on the second, too. This, ladies and gentlemen, of Fat Dish, which we are showing on YouTube, Spotify, Roku, Amazon. I'm missing some. Stitcher, yeah. iHeart, a lot of audio and a lot of and YouTube and Facebook. This is Brad Grumberg. We talked about his parents saying, should you do this podcast? This is Brad Grumberg in the middle of a bulk. That's Brad in an <laughs> empty pool looking insane. <laughs> What the fuck am I doing with fish? Is that right, Brett? Well, that or I'm going to be executed. What's going on there? I don't know. Uh, yeah, sure. Whatever you say. Where is that? That's a good that's, that. That's actually the actor Mark Ruffalo. Tremendous. Oh, oh he's, he's a great actor. actor. That's got to be you thinking, should I do this podcast with fish? And it's just that look of contemplation, like, what the F am I doing? All right. Yeah, Talk I mean, about bad days. Tell me about this guy's bad day. And I know you saw this film. Did anyone portray a bad day better than this guy? Remember that? Um, wow, what a bad day. Yes, in Los Angeles. Michael Douglas. Oh, is it unbelievable. That's a guy losing it, man. That's a guy losing it. Falling down. What a tremendous performance. Great movie. Oh, wow. he was phenomenal. And the way they shot it and the colors and all that stuff. Oh, the texture. He was amazing in that. Yeah, that's, you know you don't want to piss somebody off. Yeah, yeah. You're an actor, but when you act, when you're I am, wait, 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 I am. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, you're you're a roofer that falls through roofs on Larry David's face. But other than that, but but what Michael that was method. That was method. That was oh, method. that was method. Oh, yeah, sure. Ask Eric Audet to had put the suit. Eric Audet, my stuntman, man, the greatest guy in the world, who saved my life, made me look good. <laughs> Anyways, Michael Douglas. When you portray a role like that, correct me if I'm wrong, and you're a bad guy and you make the audience root for you at times, that I think you hit the nail, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, it, it's just all about realism. I mean, it's like you know, us talking right now. That's what acting is. It's not like when you go over the top and that's when you go, ah, oh, this, this actress or this actor, it's just too much. You know, the dialogue has to be smooth as you're having a conversation with somebody or, or in that case, you know, Michael Douglas getting out of the car and just beating the crap out of somebody, oh. you know, and fought, chasing him down with a gun or whatever. I mean, that was absolutely terrifying. But the bottom line, it's got to be real, yeah. you know. Uh, and, you know, Tom Sizemore, may he rest in peace. I, I wrote an um, unbelievable um, uh, TV uh, dramedy that I'm trying to sell. And Tom read it and he really wanted to be the star of it. And I play his wingman and we did a chemistry reel. And it was like, 
it was like, oh my God, I'm working with Tom Sizemore. I mean, an Academy Award winning nominee, an incredible actor. And we were just, and you know, we were just doing this. We were just, I was throwing him, uh, you know, throwing out uh, subjects and we were just talking about him like two guys. And basically the scene was we were on surveillance watching a guy until he came out of his apartment. And we talk about everything, you know, all sorts of stuff, his wife, uh, this and that. That's real acting. That is real, but seamless. Like, like you don't even know they're acting. That's what acting is. And all these people go to acting classes. And, and I, I went to a few myself, but I learned on the job. I took from one, I, I'm, I'm blessed to have over 120 uh, uh, different parts I've played. Some I've played, you know, again, but I'll tell you something. Acting is just realism. That's really what it comes down to. The banter, having a conversation back and forth, like we're doing now. By the way, you'd be a good actor. You would be a good actor. Gotta act, I gotta act like I like you, but bottom line, <laughs> Dustin Hoffman said that Lawrence Olivier gave him the great advice. He said, You know what acting is, young man, young lad? He goes, This is a Lawrence Olivier, the king of all actors, along with you know, Marlon Brandon, those guys at the time. It, he said, quote, look at me, look at me, look at me. Think about that. That's look, oh that yeah. Look at this guy. You found this, and I, I we gotta bring this guy up because think about great actors, segue into that. It's very sad. You think about the NBA playoffs that you and I are so into right now. There's no bigger Laker fan and a part of that team core side than this guy. And this is a recent picture of Jack. Oh, man. And he's 85 years old. You can only imagine what he's going through. But talk about him. Brett, I don't think you've ever worked with him. But I'll tell you what. He's entertained me as much as any other actor I've ever seen on the screen. I mean, he is one of the greatest actors of our time. And he looks like he's playing a part in uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest here. Yeah. Very sad. He's got dementia. He hadn't been seen in 18 months. He stepped out on his balcony in his house. And of course the paparazzi got him and he's not well. And you know, the same thing's going with Bruce Willis. Dementia is a horrible Alzheimer's, a horrible disease because it just, it's, it's a slow roll to the end. And it's just, there's no real, I mean, there's no real uh, cure for it. And you just watch people that you love deteriorate. And it's horrible. Absolutely horrible. You know, I mean, you know. I don't want to talk about it. I just, no, I'm just, I, I'm just being honest with the audience because, yeah. you know, they don't know, you know. And I've had some friends and close people that I know that have had it. And uh, it's when, terrible. Close um, to someone, they don't recognize you, you know. And then you yeah, just oh. We're happy not to recognize me, but some people you want, you want to be recognized. Definitely people don't want to recognize you and sometimes me. They want this swag shirt and that swag beanie. Check yeah. That great. is Hugh Hefner. Oh, Look boy. Let me out. 1968, right? I don't care about Clooney and Pitt and Elvis and Austin Butler and all these guys that are chasing tail. Brad Grumberg. No one got as much tail as that guy. Look at those bunnies in the background. And then check a look at this guy. Oh, there we go. Talk about that, brother. I'm leaving that icon on there. Talk about Brad Grumberg, his beautiful nanny, and that's not Photoshop. There's got to be. No, that's not Photoshop. This was the promotional ticket. They used to take pictures of all the girls in their bikinis for the Hollywood Tropicana back in the day. My grandma was my best friend, and I asked the owner, would it be all right if I got my grandma and me in, in the picture, and I want to use it as my Christmas card? And basically, I sent them out as my all these goofy Christmas cards every year, and this was one of them. And it, and the caption read, "Happy Holidays from um, Johnny Cocktails 
my nanny and the most beautiful girls in the world. And that's true. And my grandma, it's, it's unbelievable. When we did this, I had to uh, say, you know, I had a briber. I said, nanny, I'll take you to Ruben's prime rib. I'll buy you dinner right after this down the street. Okay. She goes, uh, okay, I'll do it. Well, all the pictures were overexposed. I had to take her back again. So she got two Rubens prime rib dinners out of me, but it was, I did everything with my grandma. She was such, she was so game and she just loved, you know, all the way to the end, we did everything together and we, we, uh, you know, it was wonderful, but that's a great picture. That's one of people's favorite Christmas cards and all those girls, when I tell them, I did, oh, they're going, your grandma was so sweet, so nice. You're a little crazy. I go, yeah. But I go, my grandma was my best friend. And I, I wanted to, uh, you know, highlight our relationship and highlight her. Personal question. You are a street guy. You're a hustler. There's no way you didn't think, because there's three ways to get get ladies. Bring a baby. Two, two of them are bringing a baby or a puppy to the beach because they're so cute. You know, oh, my God, look at his watch his little brother. That had to be, there's not, in the back of your mind, subliminally, you're thinking one of these 20 girls is going to hit on me because I was so cute to bring grandma with me. Tell me that wasn't in the back of your freaking mind. Yeah, I mean, you know, people like that. I, I, I Rocky Balboa, look at you. But is that an Adam's apple? Wait, are you trans? Is that an Adam's apple? What is that thing? Oh, my He's God. I know it's okay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Man, that thing is big. Okay. So, uh, yes, when, when I brought my grandma, they were all like, oh, my God, we love your grandson. And, and, and Nanny couldn't get over it because she also watched the show, how much money these girls made. And it was so funny because we did that before the show. And, and then, yeah, and these pretty girls, oh, my God, she's got such a great figure. You should go out with her. I go, I wish I could. <laughs> Trust me. But the girls, yeah, they had another real, like, my, my stock rose because I, I hung out with my grandma and I loved her. And uh, I goofed on her and it was so much fun. I mean, no one does that. Who brings who brings their grandma to a promotional a promotional shoot for a for a company or for, you know, at a strip club, uh, you know, uh, club where they're shooting pictures of the girls uh, to, uh, you know, make, uh, you know, free free passes and and promotion all over the world, you know, that they should come to this club. Who's that woman in front? Uh, is that is that the mama? Is that the owner? No, no, that's my grandma. <laughs> You know, you know what? That's a dope move. I'm proud of you. That's that's something the fish man would have pulled back in the 80s. But you, you know, you had the you you had the you know the ways of means to do it. But we're gonna change gears a little bit. And you know, one thing about this podcast, and we're in podcast number six, is we bring out the the, the what we are. I just told you about two quirks, so I'll get to kind of shit at the bar. Fish, you know, I'll have customers rocking at their seats when I walk in on, on my thing. But you, your, your, your past, and you're a Lyft driver, and you threw one out at me that I thought we needed to talk about in the podcast is that you were at the commissary at Fox Studios. Were you 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 go to? Were you a waiter, Brad? Were you, how does that work? Well, um, it starts at the University of Arizona, where I got a part in Revenge of the Nerds, and I after that part, I go, I want to be an actor, but I had to go through the job placement program, and to find a job, they had job placement programs, and I got one. I was going to sell uh, copy machines at Xerox, this big, uh, you know, copy company. They liked me as a salesman. And uh, I was supposed to start on Monday, but I told my grandma and my mom and my dad I wanted to be an actor. They go, what? Okay, you were in Revenge of the Nerds. That's fun. But 
this is a real job. This is like, this, this is a job for your future. And I said, yeah, but I don't want to do that. I, I, I want to be an actor. I think I got what it takes. They go, well, we're not happy, but if you want to do it, you got to support yourself while you're pursuing this acting thing. They thought it was a joke. So um, I got jobs. I was, uh, you know, uh, I worked at uh, a country club. I was a waiter for golfers, you know, at Braemar Country Club. I'll give them a plug. Maybe you can get a membership there, uh, there, uh, their fish. But uh, yeah, the sundowners, the sunuppers, you know, you're there at four, uh, four in the morning. Then you get them at, uh, when they come off the course, cocktails, food, all that stuff in the grill. And it was, oh, it was agonizing. But I always said to myself, as bad as I remember, I worked the double. I worked a, a, a party, so I was a caterer, and I worked uh, uh, the grill. So I was sweating, my back was hurting, and I was just going, "Oh God, please!" He goes, "You stay the game. This is your, this is what you need to do to make your dreams come true." I stayed, I stayed to the end. But then, um, I my mom said, "You got to get another job. Your dad's not happy." I said, "Okay." So they, she threw me the LA Times and it said, waiters at 20th Century Fox Studios. So I, I went down, I filled an application on Human Resources at 20th Century Fox. And 20th Century Fox is amazing. You know, it's in Century City. They've done all the great movies. Die Hard. They did MASH. They did SWAT. They did all these amazing Simpsons, all amazing shows. And I called and I never got a call back. So this was my first acting gig, Fish. I um, I called him up and I said, uh, hello, I got a message on my machine. And back then, you didn't have voicemail. It was like, a, you know, Smith Corona answering machine or is that a typewriter or whatever. And, uh, and basically, uh, I told the lady, I, go, yeah, I, um, I, I got this message, but it got cut off. And, oh, my grandma's so excited. And my mom, I got a job. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I have to uh, I have to patch you through to Joan Diet. She handles all the hiring for the commissary. And by the way, the commissary is the restaurant where all the people who work on the lot, executives, movie stars, agents, uh, you know, there's two parts of it. One is the cafeteria side where you go. And then there's the sit down gourmet side where waiters come up to you and order. That's it's basically a big place on a lot where people can eat. It's very important to feed people. And they get away from the, the sound stages and they come and they talk to their agents and they talk to people. So I talked to Joan and I told her the same story. Oh, I got an answering machine. Uh, it was broken and my, my grandma were all excited. And Joan goes, well, what's your name? I go, oh, Grunberg, Brad Grunberg. Uh, well, I don't have your name on the list. I go, oh, Joan, I knew this was going to happen. I feel bad. I Sorry I wasted your time. I thought this was it. She goes, wow, I, I kind of feel bad. Why don't you come in and meet me? All the positions are filled. This is weird. I, we would have called you. So I, I meet her. Totally charmer. Totally charmer. She goes, go to the commissary. There's one spot open. I go to the commissary. I meet everybody. Of course, so funny. Frank Castillo was the, uh, the maitre d'. I walk in. He was the great. goes, oh, great. How's this fucking guy going <laughs> to in the room with all the other waiters. He goes, How this, how's this fucking guy to wait tables? He's 300 pounds. <laughs> oh my God. I go, yes. I, this, and he was, and, and honestly, he was 
very, very short. Okay. Kind of like your buddy, you know, it was like, uh, you know, it like, uh, like, uh, you know, we're, we're talking earlier about the boom, boom, you know, it was like, I go, I got this guy, you know, but it was great. Cause he made fun of me right when I walked in and I, I stayed there four years. I met every star in the world. I waited on them. And I'm telling you fish, the people, good people treat good people. Well, these stars who think they have entitlement, they think that they're, I can tell you a couple of stories. Okay. Want to start with the bad or you want to start with the good? Uh, we, you, you've already talked for seven minutes. So let me see if we can get this get before the podcast. Well, I, I have three more minutes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I yeah. I, I always want to well, go. I want to tell you the story. Okay. So the bad the is this. interesting. Okay. The bad is this. First, I'm going to tell you a bad. I'm going to tell you a good. Uh, Kevin Klein, you know, a great actor. He walks in with Steve Martin. They're doing the Grand Canyon. Remember that movie? Sure. And he sits in my section and he sits down and I'm like doing something. And all of a sudden I see him across the room snapping like this. Oh, no. That's it. Like this. Come like on. Let's go. Let's go. Well, I don't even do that to my dog. And I go up to him. And I go, would you like to order? And, and Steve Martin, he's like, hey, how you doing? What's your name? I go, oh, I'm Brad, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I go, and then I bring him soup. He had a, he had a cold, okay? I'm going to tell like it is. He had a cold, so I went to get the soup. He goes, this is not hot enough. Send it back. Let's go. Oh, boy. I take it back. I bring the soup. Totally rude. Never looked at me in the eye. Blah, 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 blah. Steve Martin's cracking jokes. He, he's just like, hey, man, don't worry about him. Blah, blah, blah. He comes in the next day. Same shit. Same shit. So I, I surmise the guy's an asshole to, you know, waiters, busboys, you know, uh, you know, bartenders uh, who, who work in Las Vegas. Well, that would be you. No, I, I, you know, I gauge people on how they treat service people. Uh, a Lyft driver, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, a checker at a at a market. These are the real people of life. You know, you say thank you. Rupert Murdoch, I waited on. He always said please and thank you. Always. And I wasn't the greatest waiter in the world. I would you know, I didn't serve from the left and take from the right the plate. I would do a deli waiter from New York. Hey, here you go. I'm sweating all over you. Here's your corned beef. Here's your here's your roast beef. All right. Don't leave me. Leave me alone. I got other tables. All right. Fuck you. And I walk by, you know. That's the kind of attitude I have. People love me. You know why? I treated them like they were real people. I didn't walk around on eggshells. Yeah. Is it true when the plate came into the window before you took it to the to the table, you would try everything? I, 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 I want to make sure it wasn't poison. It's a corned beef sandwich and half of it's eaten. Oh, it's okay, bro. And he's got an English accent, right? There's a show that I'm producing that I'm doing that. There's a show I'm producing that that's one of the bits. Oh, my God. You're going to love it. Maybe we'll get you on the set. No, I don't want you eating my food. <laughs> give, right, me, give, uh, give me, then, a good, give me, yeah. give me a good story. Give you some, okay, one other one, real quick one was Harry Hamlin from L.A. Law. He used to eat with Corbin Burnson. Corbin Burnson, amazing. How you doing? What are you doing? Why are you here? Blah blah blah. I'm an actor. Oh, that's great. I, tell me stories. Harry Hamlin, can I order? Uh, yes, Mr. Hamlin, I can. Yeah. And never said thank you. Never, you know, always looking around the room to see who's looking at him. You know, he's a handsome guy. One of the biggest jerk offs I've ever met. Now the good. Okay. I got you. Julia Roberts, incredible. Danny DeVito, incredible. Asking me questions about myself. 
you know, how's your life? How's your family? You know, real stuff. You want to be an actor? That's great. Have you gone to acting school? What have you done so far? Steve Martin, I go up to him and another time he's sitting by himself and I walk up, I go, Mr. Martin, you, you've been so nice to me. I want to give you something. He goes, what's that? Here's a Johnny Cocktails pen. I don't know why, but I hung around, you know, waiters need pens. So I made Johnny Cocktails pens up and it says, get drunk with laughter. And like a little kid caricature of me. And I would, yeah, that's it. There you go. And I would give it to him and say, here's a pen. It's a really good big pen. You can use it. And, and he goes, let me give you something. I go, yeah. He gives me a card and it says, this entitled, enti this uh, uh, certifies me that I'm handsome, debonair, funny, gorgeous, kind, all these adjectives. And he signed Steve Martin. And I kept that card. And it was so cool. And, and Steve Martin was just the greatest guy. And, you know, you meet these people and, and, you know, they're just, they're regular people like you and me. They go poo poo and they put their pants on the same, you know? I would never walk on eggshells around anybody because we're all the same, except Kevin Klein and Harry Hamlin, those two. But I learned a lot in the commissary, four years there. And and the, the reason I really got the part is because I ingratiated myself to these casting directors, producers. And I mean, I was on NYPD Blue in the pilot. I could tell you stories. Another time I'm going to tell you some stories about what happened on sets with some of these actors, good and bad. Did that real quick, was it, uh, and this is, you know, my um, ignorance about it. What, did you get, Was were they comped at the commissary or did you get tipped? Um, well, no, they usually had an account. Like okay. Fox picked up their, or, or some of them paid. You know, some of them paid. Some of them were good. Some of them were bad tippers, you know. Any tipper. Get, people want to know. I'm going to comment. Uh, who was a really uh, who was 15%? Um, well, that's not uh, oh, 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 uh, Harry Hamlin. He didn't tip me. He didn't tip me. And then Steve Martin picked up the tab. So I got a nice, I got like a 40% tip there. there Some people give me 50% tip. Oh, because I made them laugh. They could, uh, the best one is Mel Brooks because Mel Brooks, he loved my pens. He goes, Johnny, uh, Johnny cocktails. You got some more of those pens? I go, yeah. I go, you want, I like those pens. I go, so I gave Mel all these free pens and, and Mel let me audition for him for Life Stinks at his table with the two writers. Wow. Rudy DeLuca, Steve Haberman, and Bancroft, and Mel. So they, uh, the writers love me. They go, okay, give Mel the, give Mel the line. All right. So I say, um, uh, Mel comes up to me in, in Life Stinks, and he says, uh, you, do you know where I can get something to eat? And I'm, 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 my belly's hanging out, surprise, in front of a taco <laughs> stand downtown LA. And I take a burrito. I look at him. I shove it in my mouth. No, I say, no, I'm sorry. I go, oh, no. He goes, do you know where I get something? Listen, pal, I don't know where my next meal's coming from. And I take the burrito. I shove it down my mouth. Then I burp and fart and walk away. That was my first line I got apart from being in the commissary and just being me. I mean, I was on a big movie set. Mel Brooks was directing me. I have a scene with Mel Brooks looking him in the eye. I'm like, this is crazy. But I, I owe it all to the writers, Steve Haberman and then Rudy DeLuca, who thought I was like, who are you? You know, what are you doing? What is a waiter supposed to do? You come up, you take the order, you go and get. I used to banter, chop it up with these people. But I've had, I, it, with the good and the bad, it was so much fun. I still go back to the commissary. I'd love to take you when you're in L.A. I still have access because the uh, 
the head chef, because I love the guys in the back of the house. I was friends. They've been there 35, 40 years. They're still there. And the main sh- the main uh, cook uh, cook back there, the chef, he loves me. And he says, anytime you want to come on, I'll, I'll give you a drive on any table you want. Loopy okay. Morales, the best guy in the world. So two things. Yeah. I take this 11 minute conversation, which is very intriguing because I'm in, the, I'm in the service industry. You talk about shoving a burrito down your mouth and burping and farting. And I've heard from many women that you've gone out with, that's what you do on the first date. So that's not anything new. The second thing is, how many times when people walk in that commissary, because we all love food, and they ask for a to-go box, do they actually get all the food in the go box? And some goes, <laughs> you keep some of it. Well, I, my buddy, Rob Cohen, I call him the box because he worked for James L. Brooks. And he used to, I used to call him box because he used to come in and get all the lunches. That was his job. He got lunches. For the production company and James L. Brooks, you know, great director. He created the Simpsons and all this great stuff, Tracy Ullman. And I called him the box. And I always ask him, Are you sure everything's in there? And he kind of gave me a wink. He goes, You know, some of them I got to, you know, before I go back to the office, I got to sample a few things. They'll never know. But uh, no, I don't touch the to go orders. Check this no. out, buddy, on a yeah. second. This yeah. is so great because the NFL draft's coming up. So we're going to talk about, I cannot believe I found this video. All right. Okay. Yeah. Talk about fishing trips after to close this out. Sure. The NFL draft is something that's dear and near uh, to a lot of people's hearts. We have draft parties all over this city. If you're an NFL fan, it gets better ratings than the NBA playoffs. And if you you have a chance to build your team, and everyone has hope, check out Tom Brady, who's in that Hugh Hefner class now. Check him running the forty yard dash in his audition. This is Tom Brady. Check this out. How fast? Sorry about that. That's okay. How how fast? He did, he did pretty well, right? He ran a five six forty. You run you ran faster at Nate Nell's trying to trample me. <laughs> <laughs> and he had that body. You ever see guys that have bodies that they have like five hairs and and they, there was no definition to his pecs. He looked he was the most uh, unrecognizable football player. And it just goes to show what you say. If you work hard at something, he becomes the greatest football player. Oh, and luck and luck and timing. I I have to say one thing, and it brings us to our last, I think, subject today, is hanging on too long. Okay. Well, I'm telling you, yeah, this is very important. I I have a pet peeve about this. Tom, you know, is the greatest quarterback of all time, right? Seven Super Bowls. He retires and then comes back. Why? Why are you doing, you're, you're embarrassing yourself. And number two, you could get hurt. You have a family. And by the way, when you retire and come back, the defense want to hurt you. They want to hurt you. They do. And, and it, it, it was just crazy because you're, you're, there's a guy waiting in the wings for, you know, to take your spot. Okay. He has to wait longer because you're playing longer. You, what else? You're never going to win another Super Bowl. And, and the same thing for uh, for Aaron Rodgers. It's over. Move on. Do something else. Close the chapter. But they're addicted to the spotlight. They're addicted. I, to the I, I yeah. disagree. It's, it, it's, it, I heard your your favorite sports basketball. I've heard Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan, who were tremendous businessmen, billionaires, say we never got to hide that we in anything in life other than walking through that tunnel right. and hearing those fans. Tom Brady went to the playoffs every single year he played. 
and threw for over 4,000 yards. The one year he got hurt, they went 11-5 and five with Matt Castle. He played at a high level. If you stink, like some people go back and they're suck, God bless him. Willie Mays was great. I watched him play. But he really struggled at the end of his career. Tom Brady played at a high level. So if you're waiting in the wings, you know, Baker Mayfield is now taking over for Tom Brady. That's a hard shoe to follow. I get what you're saying. I just think when is when is it over? An actor. If you turn sixty, you can't act anymore. No, I didn't say that. It's a different. It, no, we're talking sports, and we're talking about getting hurt. Have you seen some of these guys? Sure. Around, you know, you know the brain injuries and all that. Sure. I mean, listen, I, I I understand your point, but I think there's a time and a place where you have to say it's over. And, and you know, John Elway, he won two Super Bowls, and you know what he said? That's it. I'm not wow. going for three because. Love it. I had the greatest career in the world. Okay. On a show business note, I've been watching Saturday Night Live. Okay. Lauren Michaels. He, he now says he wants to go to 50 years or 48 years doing Saturday Night Live. It's, it's unwatchable, these sketches. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's horrible. Horrible. I watched five weeks in a row this season. I turned it off every time. I mean, the only guy that I like is the guy who does Trump. He does Trump better than Trump. <laughs> unbelievable i mean his mannerisms every but i mean and 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 sometimes i watch you know weekend update those guys are good sometimes but the bottom line is it's over lauren what are you doing you need the money lauren pull the plug or or you know or, or produce something else with some fresh new actors and, and a new take on it all it's over belushi is rolling around in his grave I mean, you know, Phil Hartman is rolling around. This is ridiculous. I mean, how does NBC keep doing this? Am I right or am I wrong? You're a thousand percent right. Uh, that I, I agree with you. Let me ask you the question before we get out of here, because you're in the industry. Are they doing it, Brad, because the ratings are still so good? Because why would NBC keep that on if the ratings stunk? I think they're doing it to uh, uh, appease the great uh, Lauren Michaels. I mean, but again, it, you've made the money. Now you're losing money. All these streaming services, all this stuff. People don't watch network TV anymore. But I want Saturday Night Live to go on on a high note. That's what I would want because I love it so much. But this is embarrassing. They're sure. just, it's a money grab. Lauren, what are you doing? You're embarrassing yourself, Lauren. Unless you want yeah. Yeah. Lord Michaels calls up Brad Grumberg's agent and said, I want to bring you on the rotation you're going to be. And you could save the fucking show. Trust me. I would do it in a second. I, and I could save that show. In honor, about- of, and in honor of Chris Farley, who was yeah. the greatest fat guy ever on that show. Ever. Ever. Greatest guy yeah. ever. <laughs> no, he was amazing. I mean, John Candy and him are my favorites. Hey, you know what? I, I, got an idea. Yeah. I got an idea before we get out of here. You have an idea? You're an idea man now? Instead of the weekend update, they should do the Fat Fish podcast for seven minutes. Why know? not? Oh. Great. You know, we, day, we, could, we could chop it up and, oh. Yeah. Jesus. This yeah, today is better than their, their, their whole season. They've done, uh, I think, 18 episodes so far. Sure. Unbelievable. Tavern, North Durango. I work there. So Durango, good. Fort Apache, great place. Brad's been there a million times. We want to thank them for their, for their uh, support of the show. And then we got this guy. Johnny Cocktails Entertainment. Hopefully, this show will be a member of their rotation and we'll get paid to do it. If it's going to happen, it's because of that guy, Johnny Cocktails Entertainment. Guy looks like John Hyatt, by the way. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> I love Johnny. Can we get, get, out of here. get John out of the strip club with his rabbi? Is that possible? 
who's in a strip club, you know? When I told him Dave Brown died, he's in a strip club. You had two girls. This guy, he thinks he's happier, you know? Except he's four foot seven. John, John, you take your rabbi to the strip club? Is that an oxymoron? What's going on there? Hey, next week on Fat Fish, we're going to talk about this. The NFL Network made me an icon. The fish list. Who would be your ideal NFL fishing crew? Brad and I are going to say, we're going to give you three people that we're going to go fishing with. And then it's, it's, it's a week. Who do we throw off the boat? Who gets thrown off the boat? It's going to be three celebrities. It could be politicians. Brad goes on his fishing trip. I go on a fishing trip. And we're each going to pick either a cele- three of them. Celebrity, politician, athlete. But who gets thrown off the boat? That's our reality show next week. All right. That sounds great. Well, you know, number six is in the books. It's so good to see you. I think we're, you know, we're, we're gelling here, baby. You feel it? You feel it? It's like a, it's a team. You're passing to me. I pass it to you. Lob to you. Lob to me. Behind the back. Three-pointer. Fat Fish podcast. I just want to thank you, uh, Mr. Fish. And uh, I'm Brad Grunny Grunberg. And that's Eric Fish Snyder. And we'll be back next week with number seven of Fat Fish. A lot of fun. Love you. Love you. Stay healthy. What do you always say to me? You Well, no, your health is your wealth. I like when you I like I love that, that I love that moniker. So and I just, wanna, I just want to end by one one more time saying Molly Klein, we're gonna miss you. You're, you're a sweet girl. I'm so glad you made that choice. I wish I, I could have talked to you. I could have told you about my prom date, taking her own life. It, it, it didn't have to be this way. And I'm saying love to the family and the friends of Molly Klein. God bless you. Stop bullying, the- shitheads. Or it's going to have yeah, Stop bullying and, and, and <laughs> yeah, making fun and uh, all that. The bullying is the worst. I like, to, I like to bully some of those bullies. You and me, baby. Take them outside, you know, in, in the alley, right? Well, you and I know a few people. We're too pretty, you know. <laughs> no bullies show up with these shirts yeah. on. Yeah, these- we, we send some of the Sopranos to go get them, right? Oh, uh, <laughs> Polly Walnuts. Polly Walnuts. He's yeah. dead, but we love him. Polly oh, Walnuts. I love you. All right, I'll see you next week. Thanks, buddy. Good night. Good night. Good night.